0: I think what's difficult is that at the time that I graduated, nobody laid out all of these options for me, looked at, okay, what would I pay under each of these options? But not only that, how does it fit with my lifestyle and my philosophy on debt? And do I want to hold on to debt for 10 years and rely on the government? Do I want to hold on to it for even 20 or 25 years for the other forgiveness program? So I think that just the complexity of the strategies that are available to pharmacists, I think that is probably the most confusing and overwhelming aspect of everything beyond just the sheer magnitude of the debt itself.
1: The power that words have are truly amazing. For example, I'm willing to bet that for the majority Two words can instantly strike anxiety, overwhelm, and panic into your mind, whether you're a pharmacy student or a new grad pharmacist. Adam, you're Mr. Positive. Why would you do that to me? Because it's the reality of so many in our profession. And while these two words reveal the truth of overwhelm and anxiety faced by so many in our profession, there is an antidote that's not just words but practical strategy that not only works, but was written by a fellow farm D. And those two words are student loans. (gasps) Right? All like you guys like, oh man, he's right. You got anxiety, overwhelm. Maybe you're out of student loans, but you definitely were in a place in your life where those were looming over you. You'd get your paycheck. Actually, you wouldn't even get it yet. And you already calculated how much was going towards that And for most of us, that left little, if not any, fun money to do stuff and, I don't know, live life. So that's why I am so excited to invite, in my opinion, the best expert on this topic for pharmacy to tell us about student loans, how to practically get over them. And he's the expert because that is what he's done for himself. So guys, please give a warm welcome to my good friend, Dr. Tim Church of Your Financial Pharmacist. Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast.
0: Thanks, Adam. Pleasure to be on.
1: So the reason I want you on, my man, other than you're just a financial guru and overall badass with helping people <laughs> not just get out of debt, but really take their money and invest it to grow to achieve financial freedom is something that you have created that is it speaks to my audience's heart, which is... Pharmacy students and new pharmacists looking to become their personal brand and dominate their niche of passion. And the book that you wrote is The Pharmacist's Guide to Conquering Student Loans How to Confidently Choose the Best Payoff Strategy That Saves You the Most Money. And I just want to invite you to kind of share how you got to that point because the, the reason I like it so much is it's very practical. But not only that, it's written by someone who's a pharmacist and by someone who has been through this before. So you know the pain of student loans, and you can empathize with people in this situation who have maybe tried things before, have been struggling, but you lay out a simple plan to get them out of it. So I want to just invite you to share your story of how this became, of all the things in pharmacy you could do, how this became your passion.
0: Certainly. I mean, it's kind of an interesting story because if you would have asked me nine years ago when I graduated, hey, do you think you're going to write personal finance books in addition to practice pharmacy? I mean, you could. I would have said, no, you're joking. Why would you even bring that up? Like, How would I even get there? But it's interesting. So I graduated in 2011 uh, from Northeast Ohio Medical University. And I was in the first graduating class. And that is important, I think, because we didn't have another class or a lot of other information in terms of even residency at the time, um, or personal finance or student loans, and we didn't really have a great background even as we were graduating on this topic. So, at, when I graduated, I decided to do a PGY one residency down in South Florida. So once I once I finished, I packed up, took my talents to South Florida, as so to speak. And did a PGY1 at the West Palm Beach VA Medical Center. And basically, I loved the atmosphere at the VA. I love the opportunity to serve veterans and the things that you can do as a pharmacist. So I decided to stay on as I was fortunate they had a position for me. And I'm still in that position today. It's morphed a little bit, but essentially what I do on a day-to-day basis is practice as an ambulatory care pharmacist in primary care, so really focusing a lot on diabetes management, hypertension. Throughout the years, I've even done some hepatitis C and some other things. Um, But what's really cool about the position is that we function with a scope of practice, which gives us Prescribing privileges and some other things that are a little bit unique, um, I think, in our profession. So, you know, I've been in that I've been in that role since 2012, and it's been an awesome position working with patients. Um, but at some point, I kind of thought, well, you know, I really enjoy this, but I want to do something else. You know, I'm not just a pharmacist, or I'm not just focused in on this. And how the financial piece kind of came into play is, I really had a bad understanding. Of how to manage my money when I first started out. I didn't know what I was doing, had $200,000 in student loan debt, which is a combination of undergrad and pharmacy school. And there I was, you know, making decent money as a pharmacist, but ultimately feeling like I was broke. And at that point, I decided I was going to take some action. I was going to get intentional about it. And that's when I started reading and listening to podcasts getting as much information as i could to help get me into a better position and in that process and as i was transforming and learning how to make better decisions i thought wow you know this is great information how can i help other pharmacists with the information and help prevent them from feeling like i did which is a lot of the pain points you already mentioned feeling overwhelmed anxious um, and even fear of being able to get on with your life because of the student loans. So that's really kind of how I got started. And, and really, the first thing that I did was team up with Tim Albrick. So he's our co founder of Your Financial Pharmacist. And he started the blog back in 2015. And then we just actually wrote a book, Seven Figure Pharmacist. So that was the, the first finance book that I had done. And we co authored that. And that was very successful and well received. And that kind of helped. Be one of the the things that defined our business as we continue to grow and and expand the services that we provide. So really, that's kind of in a nutshell how I got interested and and I'm really doing that. In addition, I call it my that's my side hustle. In addition to um, you know, working in primary care.
1: Wow, man, I love that, and I'm, I'm just smiling here the whole time you're telling me that because it really speaks to so many leaders in the profession and their niches that. They were in a painful situation. You know, they they were desperate. They sought resources, found what worked for them, and they're like looking around and and telling people and realizing that oh crap, that wasn't just me. Like a lot of people are having this problem, and I found a way to to work for for this solution to get created for my niche in pharmacy. So I'm going to give back. So it's funny that you listen to podcasts now. You guys host your own (laughs) podcast, and here you are on a podcast dispensing that very information that helped you to get out of debt and to put yourself into financial freedom, which is what you and Tim, so mad props both to Tim Albrick, who is my main man. That's how I met you was through him. Uh, and so uh, the, the, the other book that you guys wrote, which was absolutely incredible. And uh, that led to a couple other podcasts and uh, some, uh, some other things that uh, I'm doing with you guys. But I, I really think that what this book does is, is so essential because as pharmacists, and you guys know, listening, Tim, you know, my whole thing is empowering pharmacists and students to be in their best state so that they can dispense their full potential. Because if you're not in a good place, you're not going to be able to give the best to your patients, to your colleagues, to anybody. If you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup. That's like the core principle everything's founded on. So when you have six figures of debt looming over your head, you're not going to necessarily be thinking of, How can I make Mrs. Smith feel special? You're going to think, how can I feed my family next week when my I'm on track to pay three grand a month, but I'm only bringing in two grand a month? What am I going to do? And unfortunately, that leads a lot of pharmacists to feel trapped, uh, especially in the retail or community pharmacy, because they get into it and, and they realize, you know, this isn't what I thought it would be, and then they feel trapped because they have adapted to that six figure lifestyle and they feel like they can't get out because they've got this debt that's been growing. And and it's a huge problem that you guys address so well because you give practical strategies and both you and Tim have gone through that process. So I just want to acknowledge both you guys because I think what you're doing is an incredible service for the profession and I respect the heck out of both of you. So thank you very much for for all that you guys do. But um, real quick, you guys might be thinking, wait, student loans is a problem? I, I thought this was just me, so I want to just talk money real quick—that that elephant in the room that all of us have to deal with, but not really many people talk about. And I want to focus it, Tim, on loans. So when we talk about student loans, a lot of times we feel like it's just us, and other people don't have to deal with this. So can you just kind of bring awareness specific to pharmacy school? Some some statistics on student loans and the reality. That all of us have faced and or are facing currently in our profession sure,
0: so if you look at the the latest statistics, so this goes back uh, a year ago from the AACP graduating survey and and what they do is they, they survey as many pharmacy schools as they can and, and they make it an optional survey with a lot of different questions that are asked about how their school experience went. but part of that is they also ask about student loan debt and whether they borrowed money and how much. And that's always something interesting to look at because that obviously has changed even within the past decade. But if you look at the the latest numbers and, and this was from 2019, that 85% of pharmacy students report that they had to borrow something to go to pharmacy school. So we know that the majority of people are not paying cash. They're not getting uh, somebody else to pay for them. Um, So, it's certainly you're looking at the majority of people that are going through and are in our our profession. And then when you look at the actual numbers, the average amount that someone borrows for a farm D, if you look at the average number, it's about $172,000. And if you went to a private school, it's about $198,000, so about $200,000. So, that's not counting any undergrad debt or any other debt. That's solely when they're asking the question, how much did you borrow? To, to basically get through your Farm D program. So, when you look at those numbers, in and of itself, obviously, that is an overwhelming, huge number. But one of the things you also have to consider is that the income has not really kept pace with the increase in the cost of education. So, when, you know one of the things that we talk about on presentations we'll show a slide where where pharmacist's income was and where it is now compared to how student loan debt well at one point i want to say it was back around 2009 2010 the the average income was actually higher than the amount that pharmacists were borrowing for school. So, you actually, um, and, and the last time that's happened is, is almost been a decade. And not only do we see that flip flop where student loan debt is higher than what salaries are, but that gap is continuing to widen. And we're not necessarily unique in our profession, other uh, medical professions are facing a similar issue. But obviously, you know, when you look at it from that standpoint, each graduating class is coming into a a little bit of a worse position financially when you're considering that income to debt ratio or debt to income ratio.
1: Yeah. And and that's something that I've definitely seen. And I graduated a year after you, 2012. And that was both of us were it was we we just missed the golden, I call it the golden age of pharmacy where you know it was starting at 120, sign-on bonus, reload bonus, all those perks that when you were a P1, all the grads were, you know, telling you about basically like rolling in with gold chains. They're like, I'm about (laughs) to drop this, you know? But then you graduate and you're like, wait, where where did I go? But now, not only is that, now there's increased competition, not just for jobs, but residencies and fellowships. And the salaries, dude, it blew my mind to see just in in a few short years after I graduated in in my area of Pittsburgh, which is very saturated in the pharmacy profession, but looking at community retail, it it was literally a 30% drop in four years, from when I graduated, it blew my mind, and I was like, "Holy crap!" But then, I mean, you guys know, loans, student tuition, everything's on the rise. Um, but something you said earlier, Tim, uh, is something that a lot of pharmac- new pharmacists, face: going from no degree to a doctorate, going from you know minimum wage, maybe a little bit higher job to make it through school to six figures or around there, and if you don't have the skills in place. That can cause some problems. And I mean, let's just look at sports real quick. When you know, there's a great story of someone that's got a great come-up uh, growing up in the hood and they're, they're you know, $10 million contract, and next year they're bankrupt. Why? How? It's a very similar thing because you don't have the skills, you've never done it before. So expecting on how to manage taxes, investing, all that sort of stuff, it's very overwhelming. And when you see all this money, it's like, oh, I'm good. But <laughs> At right that day, you're good, but looking at it as a long and short term strategy is huge. Uh, so, the next question I really want you to shed light on is this is a huge problem in our profession, and that's one of the reasons. But you guys have worked with so many pharmacy students and pharmacists on tackling the debt problem and helping them become financially free. So, it, from what you guys have seen and working with all the people you have, why? Do so many pharmacy professionals struggle with loans? And then to the, to, uh, to the follow-up question to that is, why is this still a problem? Because, I mean, if you're on LinkedIn, let's go to social media real quick. I don't know about you guys, but I get hit up by financial planners almost daily, like randos, that literally all, almost every day. Let me save you money, let me save you money. So it's not like there's a lack of resource overall in the finance industry. But I want I want to ask you about the pharmacy profession. So why do so many pharmacy professionals struggle with loans? And why is it that there's all this resources of financial assistance available, but it's still a problem and it's growing more? Why does that happen?
0: Well, I think that it's going to continue to be a problem. I mean, as far as the, the cost of tuition, as long as that keeps rising, um, higher than what salaries, it's always going to be an issue. Um, I know there's some paper studied in terms of what the return on investment is, but when you look at the the situation, it's not as simple as here's my debt. now I need to pay it back. If it were that simple, there, I wouldn't have written a book about it. But the problem is is that you actually have multiple strategies that are available depending on the types of loans you have. And why that is important is because the, the path and strategy that you choose is going to ultimately determine how much of that money you actually pay back. And along the way, as you know, because you're going to have interest on the loans... That is going to continue to be an issue and accrue as you're paying off your loans depending on on what strategy you choose and depending on the interest rate that you have so I, I think when you look at the the overall issue, um, you know everybody has student loans. We looked at those numbers in terms of, of how many what percentage of pharmacists are going to have student loans, but then there are just a number of ways to pay off your loans, so when you look at You know, there's a couple big broad strategies, but then within those individual strategies, you have multiple repayment plans. And so trying to figure out what is the best plan for me is not always that simple. And many pharmacy schools are not providing enough education to get someone acclimated to what those strategies are and then assistance on how to help figure out the best way to pay them off. And you kind of mentioned too that student loans are not something always in the financial planner's arsenal. And most financial planners or financial advisors, they're paid based on assets under management or an AUM model, meaning however much money you invest with them that's how they're going to get paid. And so it's not always in their best interest to help you figure out the best way to pay off student loans as it is to get you to invest money with them. Now that's not every financial advisor, but there are a lot of them and that's kind of the traditional model out there. So you know, when you when you look at it and this is my specific situation is I was confused. I didn't know the differences between forgiveness programs and what that looked like compared to refinancing and the situation that I would be in at the time of paying off my loans. So if you look at how I started out the, the book that we're talking about, I basically explain how I made a $100,000 mistake.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> And why I say that is because I've worked for the government now for almost 10 years. And I would have definitely been a candidate to be in the public service loan forgiveness program. And there's a lot of controversy with that program, um, a lot of issues, a lot of people getting rejected. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when you look at the math, you can't argue with the math compared to some of the other strategies. But I think what's difficult is that at the time that I graduated, nobody laid out all of these options for me looked at, okay, what would I pay under each of these options? But not only that, how does it fit with my lifestyle and my philosophy on debt? And do I want to hold on to debt for 10 years and rely on the government? Do I want to hold on to it for even 20 or 25 years for the other forgiveness program? So I think that just the complexity of the strategies that are available to pharmacists, I think that is probably the most confusing and overwhelming aspect of everything beyond just the sheer magnitude of the
1: debt itself. Absolutely. And and you hit the nail on the head with that. And it's complexity is the enemy of execution. So we got a pharmacy student graduating, you know, they're starting to get their checks and they're like, wow. And then they also get their notice of what they owe for student loans. Then they're like, wow, wow. So they're like, okay, I need to do something about this debt. They look in Google or whatever, you know, financial planner or strategies to get out of debt, and they see literally thousands of results. None of them are specific for pharmacy. So they get overwhelmed because they, they weren't trained in finances. They, they hear things like in investing strategies and, you know, Roth IRA and all this, and they're like, they glaze over. And then they, that again, complexity is the enemy of execution. So they don't take action because they don't want to take the wrong action and they just say, hey, I'm making good money. I'll figure out, figure it out as I go. And the interest builds, and, and, and you, know, you know the picture. That's, the, unfortunately, the majority. So that's why I'm so excited for this book, because Google, Pharmacy Student Loans, boom, here's a resource written by a pharmacist who has overcome it and gives you, again, what do we say? Complexity of the en- is the enemy of execution. Now we've got simplicity specific for someone who has gone through what you're going through, knows your pain, and has a strategy, strategies, so that you can choose, not among thousands, but for pharmacy, here's what works, here's how I did it, here's how I can lead you through that too. Most pharmacy students and pharmacists struggle with standing out among the competition. So at scriptyourbrand.com, we help you create your ultimate competitive edge, your personal brand. Once you have that, you'll also have the freedom to do what you love instead of having to settle being trapped working a dead-end job. www.scriptyourbrand.com. Enroll today so that we can help you create your tomorrow. So can you get just kind of give us a sneak peek preview of of how the book is structured? So someone listening to this, they're like, Oh man, student loans. Adam was right. I'm stressing. I've got the sweat bullets coming right now. So (laughs) they're they're considering this. Tell us about like what the layout is and how this can walk them through the process of becoming debt free.
0: Sure. Like I said, I, I start out, you know, talking about my story and, you know in the past 5 years since i've been married my wife and i paid off $400,000 in debt which was all student loans combined wow. and and i basically you know walk through that story and although it feels amazing to not have that on our shoulders anymore like i like i mentioned i could have done it in a much more efficient and cost effective way um, then i sort of move on to looking at how to make sure you're accounting for all of your loans and how they function in terms of interest rates and the servicers that you have. So, kind of the, the logistics and foundations of the loans themselves, and then I transition into the different and the key payoff strategies. So, the core strategies that really are out there when you look at it is you, you have the the public service loan forgiveness, you have non PSLF forgiveness or forgiveness after you make payments for twenty to twenty five years, you have Tuition reimbursement and repayment programs. So that obviously is the best one because it's essentially getting free money by typically giving your time of service. So a lot of those are uh, available in the military and government programs, such as the VA, such as the Indian Health Service. And then the other bucket, and this is where I think a lot of people get confused, is what I just call non-forgiveness. So it's kind of like everything else. And within that category if you're if you're basically exhausted all of your tuition reimbursement plans that are available, you're not going to go the forgiveness route maybe because you work in the community setting and you're not eligible or that doesn't fit with where you want to go. Um, You know that's broken down into the federal system and the private system and whether or not you refinance your loans. But not only whether or not you refinance or stay in the federal program, but which of those repayment plans are you going to pick within those? And what kind of interest rate um, is going to be competitive for you? So I kind of lay out all of those strategies um, almost like a buffet uh, kind of just so people can clearly see, okay, what do I have available to me? Um, because a lot of it will also depend on who, who your prospective employer is, or it might actually change the uh, your position that you want to pursue because it may unlock some of the opportunities that are within either forgiveness or one of the other options. And then, really, once I kind of uh, take a deep dive into those, really kind of structure and formulate a plan that's going to work for you based on all of those considerations. So, so who you're working for or where you want to work for, um, your current status what is your debt to income ratio because that's ultimately going to have play a role as well but then you know beyond the math and what saves you the most money you know what are you comfortable with you know are you somebody that wants to pay off your loans in 3 years even if you don't save the mo- most amount of money you know some people that's that's what they've told me even though they have access to forgiveness programs they say i don't i don't want it hanging around that long i'm going to yeah. take care of it myself so you know it, we talk a little bit beyond the math and some of those other key components. And then one of the chapters I really like is breaking down, okay, if you're somebody who is not going to go the forgiveness route, how do you figure out how much you're going to pay every month when you have all these other things going on? So you talked about it and one of the biggest enemies you have is, You know, everybody has this lifestyle creep. You mentioned kind of going from either zero income to a little bit of an income to a lot. And based on the present bias and wanting to get that dopamine flood from buying purchases today um, and experiences today, that tends to trump long-term savings or paying off debt. So that obviously makes it hard. But then what about? also funding retirement? What about buying a house? And how do you figure out how to balance those together? So um, I talk a lot about uh, in the book, how to, what are some of the considerations when thinking about all those options? So that pretty much sums it up. It really just walks through what are the strategies? What's available to you? How do you formulate a plan? And then what are some things that may change your plan or, or, or other considerations along the way?
1: Tim, that's a key piece that I really want to highlight because so many experts out there talk about loans, but life isn't one-dimensional. There's a lot of moving parts, considerations. Maybe you have a house, you got a family, you want to, you, you, you just graduated, you need a car to get to work, you want to go on vacation. There's a lot of moving parts, and what you do in the book is you organize them and lay out clear options on how to get the most return on your investment, and then you lay out what those investments are. And not that there's a right or wrong, but if you go this way, here's what you can expect. So it's like, kind of like a sliding scale, throwing in some pharmacy lingo um, for my diabetes my diabetes expert <laughs> friend here. Um, but it's, it's the truth. There's a lot of things to consider. And, and the fact that you address these moving parts is really exemplary. And I really want to acknowledge you for that because it's something that I think a lot of things miss. And one reason that I'm so excited for this resource that you created And that actually leads me to a huge point, being that you know you went through this pain. You see so many people express this, and I would say it's definitely in my experience um, as a speaker. I speak all over the world to pharmacist organizations, pharmacy schools. Uh, It's definitely in the top three complaints or pain points, hands down, all the time. You know, loans. uh, What do I do? Paying back. And the thing is that I want you guys to hear is this is something that has value. It gives a lot of people assistance, but it's a passion that Tim has. The only reason that you are hearing about this right now is because he invested in building his own personal brand. Literally, if if this was some pharmacist dude that went through this like a lot of other people did and got this cool idea for a book, crickets. Because you have no audience. You haven't put that legwork in building your brand. And, and I know it's not just you. And, and again, this is the power of a brand. You're, you got your guys' company. I mean, how many people do you have working for your financial pharmacist now?
0: Well, let's see. Because we had a lot of contractors, but now we, now we have some full-time employees. So I think we are at... Um, si- I want to say six or seven right now. Yeah, I think we're at seven right now.
1: So guys, this is what you can do with a personal brand. And it gives you a platform to make impact. All of you listening... Because I know if you're listening to this podcast... You care about giving your best. You want to become exemplary and dispense your full potential. That's the whole reason I created this platform, is to help people see the strategies from people actually doing it. And and I I know you say this all the time, the value of having a personal brand. Because if Tim didn't go in on your financial pharmacist, you guys wouldn't be listening to this right now. This book wouldn't exist or be written by someone less qualified than Tim was. Someone that did create a personal brand. So I just want to kind of offer your insight because you guys built an amazing company. It went from a brand to a company, like it's amazing. And you guys literally are the number one brand in pharmacy that I respect, hands down. And I don't know if I've ever told you or Tim that, but it's just incredible what you guys have created. Well,
0: coming from you, Adam, that that's a big deal. So I I really appreciate
1: that. Thank you. But well, yeah.
0: Well, let me tell you a story because I think this highlights exactly what you're talking about. So back in 2015, you know, I had been working at the VA in primary care for a couple of years. And I started reading and, and listening to some podcasts and I got the idea of writing a book. And I thought, wow, this is a great way to help other patients with diabetes beyond just th- the ones that I'm coming into contact with on a day-to-day basis. So I said, okay. I'm gonna write a, a short diabetes book and, and see what happens. So number one, it, it was a, a personal challenge and goal from mine to write a book. but then obviously, you know, everybody wants whatever they create to be successful. Yeah. Um, so there I was. I was so excited, got the book out, put it up on Amazon, and basically I got crickets. You know, I sold a couple copies, but I don't think I've ever broken even. I don't think I ever broke even in terms of the investment of copy editing, cover design, that kind of thing. Um, but, but it taught me a very important lesson and the lesson that you're actually talking about now. Um, I read a book one time by Michael Hyatt called Platform. And I think he really summed up this topic nicely in that there are so many brands, there's so many people in the world that have ideas and messages, and it's very, very noisy. It's Mm -hmm. hard to get your message heard when there are so many people either trying to do similar things that you're doing or just doing it on a much greater scale. So it's very hard to reach the amount of people that you want when you don't have a good personal brand or you're not part of another brand or have a lot of influencers that you have a connection with. Um, And I think one of the easiest things that somebody can do to to grow their personal brand is just have a presence on LinkedIn and really have strong connections and form good relationships. I think it's the easiest way um, that you have literally access to an, an unlimited amount of of people um, that you likely share some, some common ground with that really can have some strong connections. So, I mean, I think that none of the things that, that we have done through your financial pharmacist would have done as well or reached the same amount of people if we were just somebody on our own who didn't have a personal brand or the brand your financial pharmacist, it never would have happened. Um, and, and I think that's why you know, both of these books so far um, have been well-received and have reached a lot of people.
1: Awesome, man. So well said. And uh, I I just really want you guys to take that to heart because I know you see my content all the time talking about brand, brand, brand. It's a process. It, It takes a while. It takes a lot of sacrifice and hard work. But when you have an idea that you're so passionate about, you want it to get out to people. If you don't have a brand, if you're not active on social media, you simply don't exist. And I don't paint this picture to make you feel bad or put you down. But the reality of our profession is if you have a doctorate, That's crazy. This is crazy still. And then I graduated in 2012. If you have a doctorate, that's your starting point. That's how competitive pharmacy is. But if you have a personal brand where you're taking your passion to provide value to your target audience, you get an idea to help people overcome student loan debt and boom, here it is. So I just want you to really take that food for thought and think, are you building your brand? Because that's how you can give back and really have a fulfilling profession. And like you said, like being a pharmacist is great, but you've got this desire to really help people leave a legacy, make an impact. And that's why you and Tim and other Tim. So I call you guys Tim Q. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you created your financial pharmacist.
0: Well, and I think the other thing, Adam, is, is even if you're somebody who who's working in our profession, and, and maybe not necessarily you're looking to have a side hustle or another business or anything like that, but surely just want to elevate yourself as a pharmacist in what you do and, and, and either showcase your accomplishments or achievements or really have strong connections, that can just be so huge if you're ever in a position to transition to something you want to do. Um, completely shift. I mean, what I find amazing is that, and I'll give another example of LinkedIn. Is that somebody who has elevated their own personal brand? It's very different when they're asking for other their connections when positions are open, or can they refer them to somebody? How fast that happens for somebody who's created their brand versus somebody who is just blindly putting their resume up or. You know, the first time that they connect with somebody, I'm looking for a job. You know, it's a it's a much much different picture. So even if you're you're really um, going to focus solely even on pharmacy, I think it's just so important.
1: Absolutely, and and it's funny because I I just posted um, an Instagram TV video on Sunday. So whenever this comes out, uh, I'll put the link to it in the show notes. But one of the talks I gave at a pharmacy school, I literally on a slide had Joe and Jane, and Joe's got a PharmD. Jane's got a farm D, but she built her brand, did this, this and this. And when she had an interview, the person had seen her content, knew she was serious, saw her consistency. Because again, talk is cheap, but you show action. So who's going to get the job? He doesn't know Joe. He's got a farm D. Okay. This girl's got a farm D and he sees how committed and passionate she is and consistently puts out content. Who's going to get the job? You guys know. And that's the value of building a brand. And just like you said, it actually creates job security. And what I would argue is job security in the traditional sense is a fallacy. So having a job as a pharmacist, that's great, but there's no security in that. I mean, you guys see how many, how fast so many changes can happen. Right now, we're coming out of you know COVID and everything else. The only job security is when you create such value that you've created a personal brand that it's so powerful, you could literally quit your job today and do that full time and you'd find a way to make it work. That's job security. And the only way you're going to get that is building your personal brand. And, and just like Tim did with your financial pharmacist in this book. Uh, so I really want to bring it home because guys, uh, literally all across the world, one of the biggest complaints and, and pain points I hear from students and pharmacists is I need to get out of debt. I want to provide for my family. I want to take them on vacations, but I feel like I've got this burden that I literally can't live life. I did you know, six, eight years of school. And I feel like I'm going to work just to pay off my debt with no end in sight. If that's you, this book is your RX for success. Uh, so I just want to say, Tim, thank you so much because you guys see the book, but you don't see all the behind the scenes. And neither do I. But this guy has put in you know, so much dedication before work, after work for years to create his brand, working with Tim and everyone else, uh, and to lead them to a place to have the platform to write this book and give it to you to help so many people in our profession overcome this so that they can truly dispense their full potential. So dude, thank you. This has been freaking amazing and honestly inspiring for me. Uh, so I appreciate you. And from, on behalf of Pharmacy, thank you, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Adam, it's, it's my pleasure.
1: So to get the book, where's the best place that people can get it? Where is the best place to interact? Because I mean, guys, this podcast, it's like, 30, 40 minutes, it doesn't even scratch the surface for the amount of content and resources that these guys have when it comes to anything related to money and pharmacy. So tell us, you know, your podcast, your website, where can people interact with you and your financial pharmacist?
0: Definitely. So if you want to pick up a copy of the book, that's farmdloans.com. And we have a a couple different options there uh, for the book. And then if you want to check out what we're doing at, at YFP or Your Financial Pharmacist, you can go to yourfinancialpharmacist.com. And all of our podcasts are there, blog posts, and a lot of other uh, cool tools that, that that we like to put out and with uh, some quizzes, calculators, um, and some other content. And then if you want to reach out with, to me personally, you can check me out on LinkedIn. I'm very active and I'd be happy to connect.
1: Highly recommend it, guys. And I really want to do everything I can to get Tim's message out to so many people. And as this being a podcast, if you're listening to it in the audio channel, the best way to do that is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. That's literally the best compliment that you can give to get this message out. So if you found value in this, please go and leave a five-star rating and review. Share this. Like Tim said, LinkedIn, I'm active as well. Uh, I've been taking notes on what this guy's been doing because he's a champ. Y'all know Instagram is my jam, but this podcast will be on all platforms. If you found value, know that you struggling with student loans, it's not just you. There's a lot of people that are dealing with this and they feel ashamed. They don't want to talk about it. And it's just crippling to so many people in their professional and personal lives. So just by sharing this, getting the word out is going to be such a service to those that you don't even know you could help. So guys, thank you for listening. Appreciate your support. And Tim, thank you for all that you do for our profession. Guys, this is Dr. Adam Martin of the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, signing off with the Tim Church of your financial pharmacist. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential.